In June of 2015, three white dudes did what groups of white dudes often do and started a podcast. A podcast with no theme, no real goal in mind, and a logo with a bear on it for absolutely no reason. In the five years since, the show's hosting lineup has changed pretty dramatically. Formats and themes have come and gone, but one thing has stayed consistent. We still have a bear in our logo for absolutely no reason. Welcome to our fifth birthday party. I hope you brought presents. I'm your host, Tom Zalatni, and like every good birthday party celebrant during this pandemic, I am alone in the studio today. But I'm not alone in your ears or in your hearts, dear listener, because I've got a bunch of friends phoning in to celebrate with me today. Before I introduce everybody, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important for us to take the time today, and also every other day, to reflect on our relationship with the land that we live on and with the indigenous communities thereof. Um, if you want to know a little bit more about what all of that means and like why we do it weekly and why it's important, uh, I cannot recommend highly enough that you go and download last week's episode, number 274, where we go deep into the history and significance of it all. Now, in no particular order, I am super excited to welcome my co-host for today's episode, Adrian Schoen, all the way from Chicago. Hi. How are you doing? All right. A bit hot. It's a little hot. <laughs> it's It's been that way. It's been that way. Is it like unseasonably hot or just, you know, late May hot? Uh, well, having come back to, to Chicago and where it's a little bit warmer than it is in Montreal, just on average, um, I forgot that summer is both sticky and um, hotter. And so it's about... 85 and sticky and my dad's air conditioning broke so it's just kind of toasty sounds horrible the other person joining me on the call right now is a drum roll please for uh returning from a bit of an absence one of the original hosts of our podcast you know who it's going to be because there's only one of those guys that we still talk to coming to us live from verdun is simon peltier Uh, how's it going everybody hi simon you may have mistaken me there for uh, Matthew McConaughey, but it was in fact me doing a perfect impression. You can tell what I've been up to during this quarantine. <laughs> Just working on your McConaughey? Just working on my McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. I, I'll, I'll keep working on it, guys. Don't worry. Sounds good. <laughs> Worth it, Simon. Worth it. Thanks so much for having It's very nostalgic to feel like, to, 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 to reminisce on the five years Five years feels like like it doesn't feel real. It doesn't like it's that's a child, you know. Yeah, our show is <laughs> so, a kindergartner. That's a child. That's a child you can talk to, have conversations with, uh, speak words to, and they understand you. They'll speak words, and you understand them. That's not like I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm feeling a little bit existential right now. I think it's a little crazy to think about how if this were any other year, our podcast would be going to kindergarten in the fall. Now our podcast is just going to watch YouTube videos in the fall, but like any other year, yeah. our podcast would be going to kindergarten, and this is this is really weird to think about. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to think about our podcast going to kindergarten because our podcast is insane. <laughs> Soon your podcast will, you know, leave home and go to college, and you'll be an empty empty nester watching your podcast drift off into its own. <laughs> And then our podcast is going to start its own podcast eventually. You know, it's going to be a whole thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we launched a network two years ago, which is kind of like our podcast having its own podcast. Two years ago? That's crazy, man. Yeah. A lot of That's time, crazy. A lot of time has passed since we started this thing. It's been, uh, it's been crazy. It's been five years. Yeah. What's... I don't know if there's a, a planned section for this, but here we go. I'm going to go for it. Do it. What's 
your best memory of the last five years. I got to tell you, that's exactly what I had planned for this episode. So let's do it. Amazing. Um, um, how did I know? <laughs> I think my like my big highlight, honestly, has just been kind of seeing the way that this show has changed over the years. Because um, like, Simon, you remember this. When we started, our format was basically the three of us would each bring like, I don't know, maybe an article, maybe just something we had thought about that week. And yeah. we'd, we'd share them and talk about them. And that was fine. It was a format, certainly. Yeah. But like, I feel like we kind of dropped that that format very quickly and moved on to we're just going to talk about anything <laughs> and it's been nice for me to see like change you know for sure yeah and then there was a point when you know it was a pretty it was a pretty guided format like you know we there, I, I I think this this especially happened like once I left was that like the there were clear there's a clear su- uh, succession of events in the show and it was like now we're doing this and then we're doing this and it's been cool to like see that happen in the more the more like this show has been figuring out what it is. And then there was like fucking crazy teenage years in the middle where it's, I don't know, when there's a bunch of improv people together, there was a lot of yelling for a while, you know, and uh, a lot of, a lot of bits, a lot of, a lot of bits, a lot of bits for a while. There were a lot of bits. Yeah. That went on. And I I think I distinctly remember us sitting around the table and then kind of like sharing the looks at different moments, with different people of like, when is the, when is this big going to end? I don't know. We just, we're, so you're uh, about... we're, we're Michael Scotting it. Yeah, no, I think that was just Johan, who I adore. <laughs> but Fair. he brought this, like, comedy energy to the, the podcast. And I think, like, we're all trying to, like, figure out how that, that worked to bring these characters in and stuff. And I think there were a lot of moments where I was like, this is happening. That's that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, Johan, Johan brought a certain chaos to the show that I really appreciated. Yeah. So so I guess like yeah, just for me it's it's been really it's been really cool to watch growth because I think that um I think growth can be scary and I think changing formats can be scary. And I know like the first handful of times that we made any sort of changes that felt big to the production style of the show, it was always this like, oh my god, but what if this backfires? What if people don't like this? What if this makes people uncomfortable? And at some point I realized one, no one's listening. And two, <laughs> it's actually fine. Like you just have to kind of tell people like, Hey, we're doing something different now. Join us on yeah. it. And and you have to just be confident with it. And then people are okay with you, you know, suddenly switching your format from being a show with no format to having everything scripted out and being read off of a paper. Tom takes a break to sip water. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like ultimately people like hearing us and what we do and what we have to say. And so if that's, like the, the the format is just a conduit for that, right? Like it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be one way or another as long as the essence of the show is us being funny and being truthful. Yeah, people will like it. As long as you have that one mission statement, which I think and um, I don't know when that was initiated, but as long as I've been on it, it's been uh, emotionally honest comedy. And uh, I think it's just down to the personalities of people um, not being too serious, but also, you know, giving their genuine responses and thoughts on things. And I think as long as it continues to be that, uh, you can switch up a lot and it won't change the show too much. Last week's episode, which I'm going to again point to people and say, like, please listen to last week's episode. It was very good. Um, We talked to... uh, Lydia Torenberg, who is a student of indigenous audio research methods, audiovisual research methods. I knew I'd forget a word in there. Um, 
basically she kind of told us about how um, her research and her um, Cremetee background kind of intermingle. And there's this idea at hand of like, um, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, get this totally wrong. So people should go listen to it because I'm paraphrasing, but essentially this idea that like, you should never ask your interview subjects or your audience to go to places emotionally vulnerably that you yourself as the producer and the creator are not willing to go and I thought that was a really interesting thing because like I think that that is sort of a thing that's been at the heart of our show for a while is this idea of like we are willing to go to the vulnerable places and we're we're not you know sacrificing letting ourselves make jokes and and being kind of lighthearted in the process but we are you know kind of intentionally saying like let's take things a little bit deeper let's unpack that <laughs> there was in fact a period of the show where a recurring bit was that one of us would say something and the other would go let's unpack that for a minute <laughs> and i i think that that's yeah. a that having that value as part of the thing that drives our show has been kind of a nice way to keep things like feeling like we're listening to the same show even when the subject matter changes radically from week to week like how last week's episode was about territory acknowledgements and the week before that David and I played fuck Mary kill with the Microsoft Office suite <laughs> uh, I would okay I'll answer that I'd fuck Excel because that made me feel better about myself. I'd marry Word because we have the longest lasting relationship and I'd kill MS Paint because uh, no one's going to miss it. That's what I'm saying. I I wouldn't think MS Paint was on the table. I think the other one would be PowerPoint. The other one was PowerPoint, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, Google Slides has replaced it, so... And and Google Slides has access to Google Fonts, which just is just better, you know? Hmm. So, I stand by what I said. (laughs) that's fair um yeah if i had to pick like a concrete memory that i think of really fondly for me it is always going to be all of the ridiculous fan fictions that uh that have come out over the years and like i've only we've only done a handful of them like there was the one that sam and i wrote about tim and then the one sam and i wrote about simon uh and then a couple of years later we wrote one about Kate and I think that those are the only three we've done and I really would like to crank out another one at some point um, but then also of course there was Tumble Down Ranch which was its own thing yeah I was about to say Tumble Down Ranch I I still want to do the audiobook of that <laughs> once, uh, I, once we're out of quarantine <laughs> that's true yeah man I'm, Tumble Down Ranch was uh, that's, that, that may be one of my favorite memories too that was pretty fun. Of mine. I don't know, mm-hmm. like, I can't imagine that was fun for anyone to listen to, but it was really <laughs> fun to read and to, like, feel that unfold and try to find ways to, to read it in a way that would, like, be fun, you know, like, that we were trying to find the little games within it, like, just doing an absurd voice that no one could maintain for the next ten minutes, you know, like... I, I remember the, uh... The one you guys had me had the one about me that you guys had me cold read where where I was a like I'm, I think at that point I was still working at Starbucks uh, and it was about picking up a girl at Starbucks yeah. while, as the barista and it ended with me I think riding a horse with her behind me and whispering in my ear all lives matter and then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that happened. Oh my god.
Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, what, what about you guys? I'll, I'll throw it over to you. What are your What are some of your favorite memories? You know, I think for me, it was just I I loved the routine of doing the show, like that I would rush out of work on you know the days that I was like recording and I'd go to the old orchard and I'd have a salad and a beer and I'd walk over there and I'd yell at you assholes for like an hour (laughs) and I was there charging up and having fun and you know I'd walk back to the metro and ride back with like uh you know Kate or Simon or and I'd have these really nice conversations afterward and I'd almost be sad you know when somebody reached your stop and and the night would be over, but I'd always, you know, I come home so full of energy and, uh, oh, we talked about this, and, oh, we, you know, I yelled at Simon about this, and it was so fun. And, um, yeah, I, I think there was just such a joy to doing it. Yeah, I, I definitely yeah. feel that. The 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 routine of it is really nice, like you were saying, and also the, like, the joy of... Because what it is really is just, you know, spending time with some people for an hour and, and just focusing on being in the room with each other, right? Like there's, yeah. it's it's rare that you have a conversation with friends weekly that, you know, doesn't include people at some point taking out their phones and being distracted by things. You don't get that that energy anywhere except in a room where you're working on something intentionally together. Yeah. I will tell you, and this is this is a terrible story, and I didn't feel good about it when it happened, but because I went to that old orchard like almost every week, which is a pub in Montreal, um, and I would get a beer and I get a, a chicken Caesar salad, and it was kind of like the usual like I, I'd sit down there like hey babe, and they'd like get me, but like they knew me because I was there all the time. So I told the the waitress that was always there, I was like I'm moving to Chicago, so this might be you know the last time I'm I'm here. And I will tell you that there were some days where work had been especially long that I would chase that beer up with a Jameson shot. That nice. point, the waitress told me that the wait staff referred to it as my dessert because I had ordered it many times. <laughs> oh no. Hilarious. <laughs> and I was like, I do not like that, but yes, please do that. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely um I mean, you know, you did that before most recordings. I think Kate Bradley, you know, smokes weed before most recordings and it's sure. a similar sort of thing. It's it's part of a ritual, right? I uh, yeah. I like I like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was uh you know, like cuz I needed that separation between like the work day and to transition over to having a conversation so it was like 30 minutes of quiet where I could kind of get some food in me think about whatever the question that was going to come up Uh, you know if I wanted to google something beforehand I could you know just kind of collect my thoughts a little bit uh, before kind of going in and and talking about something yeah I I think for me I think the running jokes that we had going over like several episodes and often even several months like the the rivalry between me and Kendallin, right? Uh, I I always appreciated that. I never had any problem with Kendallin. Kendallin and I started like talking, like on Instagram a fair amount. She's wonderful, but I, it was just funny to have that like on microphone feud. 
it was a like uh, a, a bit like it was a game between the yeah. two of you and it was very clear yeah. like i i love that because i think that's the relationship i have with a lot of my friends from college and, and things like that where you only you know have that kind of rivalry or beef with somebody because it's a game and you love them and you don't do exactly. that with people that you don't like yeah I also, I, I mean, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that one of my favorite memories are the two times we had Hank Green on the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still, uh, I mean, I'm not, gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I'm not gonna front. The main reason that we were able to have Hank on the first time is that I sent him an email asking if he wanted to be on a podcast with Tim Blay from Acapella Science because we had that poll back in the day. Uh, and that was what started that relationship. But the second time around, it was just because I had emailed him and was like, hey, Hank, I'm having a baby. Do you want to help me fundraise? And he is a nice person. So he said yes. I'm too old to really know who that is, but I, I will say that I really loved it when we had people on that I think are famous, but like when we had Cecil uh, Baldwin from Night Vale and um, Joseph Fink and uh, Carrie Poppy from, like that was really fun that we were able to get some of those people on from the podcasting worlds of shows that I've listened to for a long time. Yeah, I uh, I wanted to do something similar this year because the, the way that we got all those Night Vale people on last year was that I emailed them leading up to PodCon and said, hey, uh, we we're going to be at PodCon, and I would like to hype up PodCon. Do you want to phone into our podcast leading up to it? And about a tenth of the people I emailed wrote back and said yes. Yeah. Uh, and then when PodCon, oh wow, PodCon was canceled not just this year, but I think also last year. Eh? How old is Toby? Toby is not two yet, so I think this was the first year it was canceled. It did happen last year because I remember we brought a very small Toby with us. Yeah, yeah. But that's it. When it was canceled this year, I was like, well, there goes half my planned content for the winter. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a cool thing to do. And I don't know, like, if it, you know, fits the content of the, or, like, the shape of the show as much as some of the other things that we do. Like, I don't know if those were the most fun things we did, but they were really exciting for me personally. And, you know, like, I I thought that that was a a really kind of cool, you know, um, exploration that, that we had done. I don't know. I think I'll challenge that. I think like having conversations and having interviews with people who make their make their art from a place of trying to discover things or from a place of trying to be open and and create stories for people who maybe don't have stories yet, which are all things that I think, you know, Carrie Poppy and the Night Vale team do. I think those are things that feel on brand to what we're doing here. You know, that's true. And I remember uh, Cecil Ball, I think it really depends on who you're talking to. And I, I think it's hard to prime people to to have that vulnerability because they're mm-hmm. guests and you can't necessarily, um, you know, it, uh, demand that from somebody who's, sure. um, you know, like just kind of joining you without really knowing too much about who you are. But I remember Cecil Baldwin really like, he was excited to talk about, you know, uh, I think some of the more personal aspects and, you know, talk about doing like his bonsai trees and, and things that he found aspirational. And uh, um, I mean, he was just a delight. But uh, yeah, like I, I think I, you're right. I, it's a hasty judgment. It just feels like a departure from what the show is uh, week to week. But I, I think for sure. Yeah. But I think like I think that's what the show is, right? The show is in itself a departure from what it is from week to week. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's something about the nature of the show. Maybe it's the the sort of rotating cast, or I don't know. But like having guests was such like an early part of the show 
that it it felt natural sort of throughout. So that even so like it it, it doesn't feel like a show that is about guests, but it also doesn't feel like a show that shouldn't have guests. Does that make That's sense? Like there's a there's kind of a balance there. Mm. For like sure. There's, there's, yeah, I, I don't know a lot of podcasts that that strike that balance uh, super well. Like there's it's sort of either like every week there's a new person or it's just like it's the same couple per people and then uh, that's it, you know? Right. And I really appreciate the, the times where the guests are, are sort of local or advocacy or, um, you know, uh, I, I think that adds a really nice um, component to it where it, it doesn't feel like it's this kind of stunt um you know, kind of like, oh, this person's really famous, they're going to bring people in, but just different voices in the community and different parts of the conversation. I, I think uh, having, you know, animators that we've had on or uh, people in local government or advocacy groups, I, I think that really adds a lot to, to what it is. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, this is a show about, like, I know we, we call it an emotionally honest comedy podcast, and like, that like let's be honest like that doesn't totally mean anything right it just sounds good so we say it but i think at the end of the day this show is about growth right it's about vulnerability and growth it's about saying here's some things that i that are true about me that i may or may not want to change and then looking at those things through a bunch of different lenses and going like oh you know what like either i am going to change that or maybe i feel a little better about where i'm at with that and i think mm-hmm when we bring in guests from kind of all over the place, a big part of that is just hearing their stories, right? Hearing their perspectives on things and hearing like, you know, oh, this person, you know, just said a thing that makes me realize that the thing that I think I need to grow in, I'm actually doing okay with. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, that's cool. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I think emotionally honest comedy podcast I think that tagline does mean something and like I don't think that you could just interchangeably put that on on any show um, hmm. oh for sure you know I, I think it, it it's broad but it um, it does encapsulate I think what the mission is and and what the the show is about yeah I think because so. it like the, one thing that I liked from like the, the people who we heard a lot from the people who followed the show for a long time was that they felt like they got to know us hmm really well because we were ourselves on the show and we were you know i i always appreciated being able to share that and share that aspect of it and i do think that's kind of where the emotionally honest portion like what that means is like we are ourselves we are us and when we share our opinions it's sort of they're they're us where we're at at the time that we're sharing it hmm. yeah and sort of what you're saying Tom, that the show's about growth that makes sense because we've all you know grown and become different people over time and yeah. it's it's the 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 people who've listened to us for a long time have been able to hear that and been able to see that, um, and I think that's cool. I yeah, like that. I mean, I mean, when I met Simon, he was a snot-nosed child in short pants, yep. giant lollipop, just always screaming at the top of his lungs, uh, you know, Kendall in this, Kendall in that, and he's really grown into an adult now. I no longer wear those little baseball caps with the. The, the propeller on the top. Yeah. You know? Stop wearing those. Stop wearing the overall shorts and the striped t-shirts. I'm I'm fully wearing suits with three pieces every day and pocket squares. 
All of it. Just picking up the phone, yelling business into it. Um, just a full-fledged man in a way that I had never really seen in the time I was with him. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually yeah. that's actually why Simon left the show. He wanted to do some personal growth outside of it. Yeah, I, 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 needed, I needed more time to yell, to pick up a phone and then just yell, I need those numbers up and then slam the phone and then break the phone and ask my assistant to buy a new phone and somehow find a way to blame her for it and then fire her because she's not buying new phones for me. You know, it's a whole thing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah. weird, you know what I mean? And what's crazy is he literally grew four inches. Yeah, that part yeah. was weird because we were already definitely like in our 20s when, when we started the show. Yeah, we were in our 20s when we started the show, but then around year three is when I started taking those hormones. Ah. And uh, just like, actually, the, the, the growth was entirely in my tibia. So I have really, really long shins now, you know? Yeah. Terrible it's, at it's, soccer. Really good at being tall, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you don't necessarily notice it when I'm wearing pants, but then, like, as soon as I sit down, you're just like, something's weird with that guy. His knees should not be that high. Yeah. It's it's really been a uh, a journey. <laughs> I get yeah. that though. I haven't done a show just about my growth, you know, my literal physical growth. We should do that. That'll be next week. Sure. It'll be like how, how Simon grew eleven inches in three years in his twenties. Wow. Inch number eight will surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I gotta say, like, definitely seeing seeing our own story arcs through all of this has been really interesting uh like obviously like simon and i when we started the show we are what 26 now is that right i i think so yeah that sounds right we're 26 now and uh when we started the show we were 21 i guess and uh 21 to 26 like it is a five-year gap but it is a yeah. crazy difference, right? Like we are yeah. so much more thoughtful as people. Our brains have developed, I think, as much as they're going to, which is horrifying, but possibly true. And like we we have just, you know, when we started the show, we were church kids, right? And like we're not anymore, really. And and we've gone in different directions with that. And like we we went from these like plucky young like moderately conservative I think people to like uh, who we are now which is very different aggressively liberal people yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got in a fight with a guy on Twi- on Facebook the other day uh, who commented something dumb about people wearing masks uh, he was he was coming out opposed to people wearing masks and saying that if you're scared just stay home don't make me wear a mask blah 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 and then somehow ended up talking about how he should also have the right to carry a gun and i was just kind of like hey dipshit if you're carrying a gun why are you afraid of things because that's the only reason that you want that open carry law that you're so passionate about so maybe let people wear masks and i called him a lot of names and it felt good (laughs) he also had the audacity to suggest that it's easy and not dangerous to be queer in america and i was just kind of like who the f- who what who told you that because it was a lie yeah that's a that's a hot that's- take it, especially depending on where in america you are i think this guy was in texas which is wild to me i don't know anyway he sucked and i dunked on him real hard yeah that 
classic position of the people who are the most privileged in America right now are the queers. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very the most, familiar with that. The most oppressed people in the world right now are straight white men. Yes. I I mean, hey, as three as two of the three three straight white guys who started this show, I we should know. Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna ping on that one because I think only two of the three people who started the show were straight white guys. One of Fair. one of the three of us was a queer non-binary person who was white. Fair enough. I, I, Granted, I, I wasn't I super out. I I, I was yeah. pretty closeted when we started the show, actually. So <laughs> that's yeah. another change. Well, I I know. That I felt really offended that as soon as that like our first episode wasn't immediately super super successful and i felt like hey you know what i feel oppressed i feel persecuted right now yeah that does seem to be the theme um. yeah. <laughs> oh god for people listening we're mostly joking <laughs> yes, we're all joking. oh man we are to do for a show we are emotionally honest but sometimes we do bits where we lie yeah sarcasm yeah irony uh, I will say, like, I it has been uh, such a journey returning to the U.S., and I forgot, well, you know what, and, and to be fair, like, Trump got into office when I was still living in Canada, right. so I have not been living through whatever the hell has happened in this country. Like, it was always... What? Does the day-to-day life under Trump feel different? It, like, like, barring quarantine... Uh, does it feel different to live under Trump? It's exhausting. And, you know, like, I was yeah. aware of it in Canada, but, like, you know, and I, and I had a moment recently where I was like, yeah, I really haven't been an activist towards things. I haven't gone out to marches and stuff like that. And then I got here and I was like, oh, this is why you do those things. Um, <laughs> like, I, I never felt the, the pressure or the out-of-control chaos, you know, living in, in Canada. Um, you know, there are issues and there are things that are not perfect and, and uh, things that are open for discussion, but it just doesn't feel like just an exhausting, you know, 10-round fight with oxygen on a daily basis. <laughs> like, at some point, I was like, I have no longer any philosophy or opinions of any kind I am too tired to engage with the planet. Um, It's very... It's different. (laughs) I found that really, really interesting. Because, like, how... So you're you're basically saying the main difference between living in Canada and living in the U.S. under Trump is just that when you're in the U.S., it's, like, there all the time. You cannot escape it. Yeah, and I think my living situation is is in being in quarantine is uh, isolating and I look at Twitter and you know so my world is is really focused through a lens that is not um, 100% natural and is very polarized and extreme uh, if I were living it, uh, you know in a place on my own because the world was the way it's supposed to be and uh, you know I was living in my own kind of communities and, and things like that it, it probably wouldn't feel as absurd uh, mm-hmm. but it would be more present than I think it is at the moment um, right you know like that it just that like I, I remember doing a show at Comedy Works on the night that Trump won the election and somebody showed me their phone and Florida had, had gone to Trump and I was like no and I did like way too many shots and I was like fuck 
And, you know, I've been following it with that kind of feeling for a long time, but to actually be where you hear these kind of casual comments and, and things like that, where you're like, well, what planet are we? Why are we not engaging on, like, nuanced reality anymore? We're just, like, one crazy camp to the next. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, it, it's tiring. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm kind of hearing from you that, like, living in it and seeing how exhausting it is to be living in it is kind of a big reason why it's so hard to to approach things with nuance is because it's just so demanding and to do it all the time is just exhausting. Is that is that about right? I think, yeah, you know, I think that's a really great insight on it. Like, it's hard to have the patience to... Like, because I, I feel like you can only be pliable... Uh, in your values and in your reasoning and your beliefs if you feel um, safe, relaxed, and trusted. Hmm. Uh, I don't yeah. think people change their minds through confrontation um, very easily. Like I think it is just in the moments where they feel the current swaying one direction and, and they are willing to... to release and and go go with it and i don't think a lot of it has a lot to do with uh logic or, or reason and um sure i and i can feel myself like losing a lot of the the patience and logic and reasoning that i have just out of like it is that kind of just knee-jerk like triggered of like why why what, what are we doing what, what what is this like <laughs> You know, like I was uh, riding around downtown, like we, we took a, a little uh, drive in convertible uh, yesterday with my dad, and he keeps driving by the Trump building, like, ah, Trump building, Trump, ah. And like, he's, tr I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what? I'm, first of all, I'm not mad at a building, it's a building. <laughs> <laughs> but like, why, why are we ruining this moment to like try to make each other angry on like nothing at all? I kind of feel like my my closest analog to that right now is when I see people at stores not wearing masks, you know, especially because right. like Montreal is like, you know, one of the worst places right now in terms of like COVID numbers, at least in, in Canada. Also in the world. It's one of the worst places in the world, right? One of the worst cities in the world. Yeah, I've heard it's like number seven, like most deadly. I, I don't know if it's like adjusted by population or... or uh... Yeah. how that works but i've heard it's bad but it's crazy to me because when i think about montreal and and the last time that i heard a number of like montreal is number blank in blank in the world it was at the beginning of our munch madness series this year when jp from Time Out magazine said something to the effect of montreal is like the w number one food city in canada or whatever and i was right. like and, and so for us to go from that to you know <laughs> probably one of the like top 10 worst places to be right now during this pandemic is so like oh like it's it's like when you find out that your parents suck you know <laughs> When, when the first time that you're like, holy shit, my parents are assholes. It's that's how I feel about my city right now, and it sucks. Yeah, I. Well, and like I, I don't know. Like it's hard to compare. You know how how things are going from Chicago to Montreal because it's such a, a bigger city. Hmm. Um, so I don't know how it relates. Um, you know, like density wise, and the cases are are so much more. Like the outbreak in New York was so so much bigger. Uh, and and like that sways all the the numbers across the country as well. Um, so it's hard to say like 
Canada versus U.S. or one city versus the other because it's just like these little hot spots um, <laughs> that that happens. Um, but like comparatively, uh, you know, Chicago has has dealt with it fairly seriously and I, I think fairly well. Not not great. Like we still had some weird Nazis show up, you know, like at town hall. But um, but it's Chicago. Good. Yeah. Yeah, which is crazy because I mean we're like the, the most democratic place ever. Um, but uh, you know, like, and I, I don't feel like the panic is is high here. Like people are taking it reasonably seriously. But I, I'm sure that the the caseload and you know percentage and the dangers are are very similar um between the two places but it's interesting to hear people from Montreal talk about it like with such um you know shame that like this is um like we haven't taken enough care and I, I feel like being in the United States like Chicago has taken it fairly seriously and they're still like we're doing a pretty good job okay. <laughs> you know yeah. that the scale is so so different yeah definitely just to redirect us, we've got about 20 minutes left, and uh, I want to steer us back toward happy memories, since I don't know how much more time we're going to have in the world to make those. <laughs> um, so we put out a call. Uh, oh, you know what? Let me just do something real quick here. This special five-year anniversary episode of Up for Discussion is brought to you in part by Chaos. That's Chaos with a K, just to get that out of the way right out the gate so that you know who I'm talking about. If you've been listening to our show for a while, you've definitely heard us talk about Chaos. Their professional sound equipment, cinema-grade cameras, event hosting, social media services, and more. But right now we want to highlight the trailer for their upcoming feature-length film, American Dreamers. American Dreamers tells the story of two British graduates who take a road trip across the USA looking for a shortcut to fame, fortune, and green cards. So if quarantine life has you eagerly awaiting the day you can leave your house and, you know, travel someplace more than two kilometers away, let the American Dreamers trailer scratch that itch for you. Go to go to chaoslabs.com to check it out. I keep almost telling you to go to createchaos.com. You should go to that one too. But to see the trailer, you go to chaoslabs.com and check it out. It's right there on the homepage. Remember, that's chaos with a K. American Dreamers. The trailer is out now. Hey everybody, welcome to the Cash Corner, the part of the show where we usually shamelessly ask you to give us and also our sponsors money. During this global pandemic, we know most people don't have extra money lying around, so instead of asking you to give us $5 a month in support on Patreon, just support us any way you see fit. Share the episode, leave a review on your podcatcher of choice, tell people that you like our show, leave us a comment, social media at us, whatever. Uh, if you do want to give us money, we're not going to say no. Go to patreon.com slash up for discussion, yada yada. You can join the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall, and Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Will, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Kate, and Erica. And you'll get early access to bonus content, behind-the-scenes updates, and all kinds of other sweet perks as well. And half of our net proceeds from Patreon are donated to local food banks, indigenous charitable organizations, and women's shelters. So you're not just helping us make a great show, you're also helping us make others helped. That's a weird sentence. You know what I mean. You're also helping us help other people. Patreon.com slash up for discussion if you want to. Uh, normally, we have a Patreon question around the middle of our episode. In- today, we decided to celebrate our fifth birthday. We're going to ask you a question instead. And we put out a call asking uh, you guys to tell us your favorite memories of the show from the past five years. Um, I got a handful of audio recordings from people, and I'm going to play them. Aww. and we can, uh, we can give them a little react. How's that sound? Are these all, Let's go for Are these all Johan doing different voices? Yeah, here's Johan doing Julian McKenzie. 
Hey guys, it's Julian McKenzie. I just wanted to wish up for discussion happy five years and congratulations on 275 episodes. That's pretty cool. My favorite moment was the International Podcast Day episode between myself, Tom, Candace Pye, and Teffer. It's probably the funniest thing we've ever done, all four of us in one room together. We each had different segment ideas. I had to do a sports trivia one. Uh, Teffer was talking about young adult novels and trying to get us all to describe our lives as a young adult novel. And then it turned into a funny story about Johan, which I don't feel to repeat in this message. There were just a lot of different segments in that show that were just really hilarious and really entertaining for everyone to listen to. I don't want to give away the whole thing. You guys could go find the episode, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, that was my favorite moment from uh, being on uh, UFD the few times I've been on. Uh, in the older incarnation with the older theme song, of course. The Jeopardy episode I was on, which was really fun. Uh, yeah, I, I was really happy to be asked to be a guest for a couple episodes uh, different times and I'm happy to hear that uh, Up For Discussion is still kicking even though we're in the midst of a pandemic. So I sincerely hope everyone is safe and just, yeah, basically the biggest thing is that I hope everyone is safe, honestly. Right now we're in a really unprecedented time and uh, I just hope everyone's just doing okay. Congratulations again, happy birthday, uh, five years is amazing as well as 275 episodes. Thanks, Julian. What a wholesome person. Really is. I love him. I love and Julian. it just occurred to me that he's a sports journalist. That he's got a that's rough. He's got to be bored, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was actually noticing today um, that uh, so I have sports channels on my television. I, I have the MLB Network and the NBA TV Canada channel and the you know football network and i was noticing today that like for the past while uh all of the sports networks are just playing highlights and like playing like exciting old games from like five six years ago minimum and it's awesome it's it's kind of a really cool time to be a sports fan because you get to just like live the highlights and you don't have to watch any boring games yeah it's kind of true you get like a chance to reassess um you know, instead of just having this constant feed of stuff, like kind of maybe take a step back and look at kind of like I, I watched the the last dance, um, which I you know I grew up with the Bulls uh, during the the three peats in in Chicago, and that was you know the biggest thing in the the world here, um, and to to kind of remember those times and and uh, just like I don't care about basketball like at all. I hated basketball because they'd always three peat around my birthday, so no one would pay attention to me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, a bummer. Uh, it's a real personal grudge. But like I'm like, oh shit, these guys are good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to hear another uh, another message? Let's go for it. All right, this one. Uh, I think this one comes from Kendallin. Hello, my name is Kendallin Aldridge, and my favorite up for discussion memory is when they did the Horse Ranch fan fiction. Congratulations on five years, guys! I'm so excited for y'all. That sentence sounded like it ended on a comma, but that was the end of the clip. <laughs> <laughs> it is good to know that somebody enjoyed a tumble down ranch, despite <laughs> my my fears to the contrary. <laughs> oh, of course they are. of course they appreciated it. If, you know, if we love it, there's got to be one other person out there that loves it too. We're not that unique. 
Yeah, that, you know? that's true. I, I'm a, a tough critic, especially with the things I'm involved in. I just assume that everything's terrible and no one likes it. I'm just having fun on my my own. <laughs> I um, I will say, like um, former host of the show Tim Blay. Uh, once said to me a thing that has always stuck with me, uh, and that is um, the best content for a person to make is the thing that they want to see exist more than anything in the world, even if they're not totally convinced that someone else would like to see that thing. And I uh, for sure. I really appreciated that. I, I try to live yeah. life that way, always do things yeah. that I'm excited about. Um, I think yeah, there's, at least, there's at least one other person who's excited and proud of Tumble Down Ranch. Let's hear a message from them. <laughs> Hi, it's Teffer. I'm the host of the Yeah podcast, and I'm also Tom's partner, so I'm uh, sort of intimately acquainted with Up for Discussion. Gross. Um, <laughs> happy fifth birthday. I hope you have a nice party and cake, and I hope your kindergarten year is less interrupted than uh, this, <clears throat> than my kid's first kindergarten year, which was this year. My favorite memories of Up for Discussion are twofold. So the first one is that despite knowing Tom for a very long time and knowing that Up for Discussion existed, I never listened to it until I started writing the infamous um, horse romance series that that you all so kindly let me do. Uh, Very silly, very cheesy, not great horse romance involving everybody's characters. It was fun. It was a fun way to get to know the show because, of course, I I started listening more. Um, I think Kate and Adrian were kind of new to the show at that time, and I I wasn't really sure what liberties I could take, and I really took all of the liberties, (laughs) and everyone was very nice about it. Uh, So thank you for that opportunity. My second favorite memory would be the Pasta Shapes bracket, which I got to be on, uh, and David and Tom and I argued about pasta, and I can't remember what won, but if it wasn't Penne, Penne was robbed. Love you guys. Happy birthday. Thanks, Teffer. I, I do want to clarify, I don't think the Tumble Down Ranch wasn't well or, like, funly, like, constructed. I It's a very personal thing that I'm very bad at cold reading. And it was just a disaster and a pressure to read it on a weekly basis. <laughs> I think that's super fair. So I'm not shitting on the, the segment. Just yeah, no, I would say so. <laughs> No, the, the writing of that was actually very, was actually incredible. It was really fun. Like, it was so, uh, like, I had enough, like, little uh, drops to, you know, people who were on the show, so a little inside jokey, and then there was always this tension yeah. of how much is a character that's based on somebody on the show gonna, you know, like, how much romance is it gonna, how much is this gonna teeter into something embarrassing? Like, it had a really good maintenance of of tension in terms of, like, oh, no, what are they gonna make, you know, Simon do? What are they gonna make Tom do? (laughs) What are they gonna make Simon and Tom do to each other? (laughs) Horrible, horrible things. That's the answer. (laughs) Um, this uh, this next clip comes from uh, friend of the show Ian McNeil. Simon, have you met Ian? I don't think so. Oh man. Okay. Once this quarantine is over, I'm going to introduce the two of you to each other because I think you would love each other exactly. in, a, in a very deep way. Here's a clip from Ian. Hello. This is Ian McNeil, and uh, I want to wish up for discussion a very happy fifth birthday. Um, my favorite up for discussion memory is the entirety of the teacher series. I thought it was excellent. 
Um, but to narrow it down, part three, why representation matters with Sarah Maleka. Uh, that was my favorite episode of my favorite mini series within the show. And yeah, happy fifth birthday. Uh, can't wait to see what the next five years hold. Like it's going to be awesome. Keep doing your thing. Thank you for listening and uh, talk soon. Bye. Thanks, Ian. I love Ian. He sounds great. Ian Ian is one of the loveliest people that I have ever met in my entire life. And I, uh, I miss him a whole lot during this quarantine. And I, I, it's nice to hear somebody say that their favorite thing was like, not a thing they were on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I find that really like a genuinely nice thing. (laughs) My favorite moments were all the moments I was a part of. I'm amazing. (laughs) Uh, We have one last clip uh, to play for this episode. And then uh, if you guys are listening and you're like, oh man, I wish they played my clip on this episode. Um, send it in you can send it to us at upfordpodcast at gmail.com and uh maybe we'll play it on next week's episode or you know depending on how late you send it to us an episode on a future week that is not next week (laughs) what i'm saying is you know sometimes people celebrate their birthday for a whole month and we will also do that if you want to keep sending us memories here is one final clip for this episode this time from candace pie I'm Candace Pye, and my favorite Up for Discussion memory is that time I said I enjoy eating whole cloves of garlic, or the time I said I wanted to be dunked in lukewarm water, or basically any other weird thing Tom's gotten me to say on the record, because every single episode I've been on, I've, without fail, fallen into uncontrollable fits of laughter, and that's what I love most about the show. Happy five years. I love you guys. Thanks, Candace. (laughs) Thanks, Candace. I appreciate that. We are we are a funny bunch. <laughs> yeah, I I do. I I get really like heartwarmed hearing messages from people who like you know in in either a big way or a small way have been part of our like show's family over the years. You know, because that yeah. that is kind of what this feels like a little bit is is a big dysfunctional family where we. <laughs> get together fairly regularly and say dumb shit to each other and sometimes we say really good important shit to each other and then you know people come and people go and you know like Julian was saying he's Julian has been on so many episodes of this show over the years that he kind of felt like an unofficial extra host a lot of the time mm-hmm. and like right. and right. Candace was starting to feel like that like by the time that she had her last guest episode with us and like I just I feel I feel really warm toward all these people who send us messages. So I want to thank you guys again for doing that. Yeah, I think there's a really good, you know, I, I think some of the best things I've been involved with, and I, I this is going to sound condescending, and I, I don't mean it to be, but um, <laughs> they, they have this kind of community uh, theater feel to them. Um, not to say that. How dare you? I, How dare you? <laughs> I have a bachelor's degree in acting for the theater. I settle, settle. Um, <laughs> and, and it's not because the, the the quality is, you know, like I think there's a bad reputation of like people doing, you know, like a, a bad version of Oklahoma in their hometown or you know whatever that you know everybody goes out of out of pity. But it's not what I mean. It's it's an opportunity and a platform that is for the people who listen to it and and are creators and and kind of um, you know it's it's 
for the the people who are involved with it, and, and that is a wide spectrum as much as it is for everybody else. Um, I, I think there's a real beautiful thing about that, and like as I've gone through like a personal transition in my life, trying to trying to determine what the next you know phase of my life holds. I, I keep thinking, you know, because I've done a lot of work in advertising, but I, I'm starting to think, like, you know, you could go and, and make that big Coca-Cola commercial that everybody remembers, but wouldn't it be so much more valuable to uh, work on community programs and things like that on a smaller scale that changes people's lives? Um, and I, I think there's something really uh, beautiful in things that are uh, attainable and reachable to the people who enjoy it. So I, I think that there's um, something I really love about the show. And not that I, I don't hope that it, it doesn't grow or, or things like that, but I, I think that that's a, a something to keep an eye on maintaining. Adrian, you have made me cry three times this year. Stop it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that we're all in a period to really stop and think about what's important in the world. And I, I think that... Uh, Giving people an opportunity to create and connect is uh, maybe one of the best things that you can do. Simon, do you want to defend community theater for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's garbage, and I've, I'll never see it again, and I've never been a part of it. <laughs> totally, no, uh, no. I mean, if it, if there is there is something really beautiful about, and like I've, I've experienced this in every play that I've been a part of. That like just doing that thing together for an extended period of time very intensely, you get very, very close to those people mm. very, very fast. And, like, it really does feel like a family. It really does like, feel like you're just, yeah, like, it's, like, community theater, I, I don't know, like, it, like it, it feels cheap, but to me, like, it feels like it's, it's a theater of a community and for a community. And the community aspect of it is what I've, I've loved about, about doing smaller independent theater. Um, yeah, I just and that's that's how it feels about the show. Like the show feels like we've been we've been a, a group of friends. Like like become we've become friends with each other over doing this. And there's not a lot of opportunities where you meet with some with the same group of people every week to just hang out. You know. Yeah. And I love that. I love doing. I love doing doing that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like Kendallin is a, is a huge you know part of that as much as everybody else showing up in Candace is a big part of that and uh, you know Julian. Don't give her the credit. She didn't do any. What did What did Kendallin do? What did Kendallin do? I think she said in every question for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! As as the producer, I could confirm that Kendallin has been the MVP for uh, for helping us have content on a weekly basis. <laughs> As her nemesis, I gotta say, fair enough. <laughs> um, well, we uh, we are out of time, unfortunately, uh, for this call because I have to go deal with my children, uh, who I love dearly, my real, my in in house family, as opposed to my in ears family. <laughs> um, Simon, Adrian, thank you guys so much for being on this monumental episode really uh yeah i mean it's your your achievement um i mean you are the the driving force that has made five years happen do you guys hear the faint tapping of bullshit in the background do you hear that <laughs> just, a, just a sec let me turn my gain up for just a second it might be oh 
well, I'm an idiot and I just turned my gain down for a second. So clearly I'm, I've learned how to do podcasts in the past five years. Anyway, I have these two neighbors. They're teenage boys. They're morons. And every day at 7 p.m. they come out into the back alley right behind the studio window and smack their hockey sticks against the ground. And I hate them. And I get that it's in support of our health workers, but I hate them. <laughs> how about wear a mask to the store instead of smacking your hockey sticks? How about that? Um <laughs> Now that I've gone on a rant in the middle of a really sentimental ending to an episode. Um, guys, thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for being here. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for putting time into this show that I could not do without you. And to those of you listening, if you want to be part of this community, find a way. <laughs> send in send in a voice clip for us to respond to on a future episode comment on yeah. stuff start interacting with us on social media if you are someone who you know does podcast things and you want to be part of this show shoot us an email like connect with me like we were saying this is a community thing and i think that adrian i think that's a really good kind of mission statement going forward is that we're making something for the community to help build the community yeah, uh, I mean, if if our little podcast could get like the Night Vale folks on, I I think whatever it is you're doing, it turns out we're not that busy. Yeah. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> Just reach out, talk to us. Um, do either of you guys have anything you want to plug before uh, I blitz through the outro or what? No, I'm locked in in my house without a job. <laughs> Give Adrian yeah. a remote work job. Yeah, well, I, actually, I do have a little bit of commissions, but that's fine. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. <laughs> but if you do have a job in Chicago, I'm, I'm here. Simon, how about you? Uh, hey, you know what? I'll I'll plug something. Sure. Uh, if you want some some good uh, some some good quarantine tunes, check out Lauren Taggart on uh, Spotify. Lauren spelled L-O-R-Y-N. She happens to be dating me and happens to be living with me right now. But fantastic. Fantastic quarantine tunes. I very uplifting, very bluesy, very chill. You guys she, are gonna love it. Y'all she is so it. good. I when when you first She's really good, dude. When you first told me to listen to her music, I braced myself because I was like, oh man, I really hope that like I really hope that Simon's girlfriend is actually really good at music so that I don't have to lie about this. And then I played her <laughs> Spotify playlist and I was like, oh shit, she's really, really good. Yeah, dude. That's like that's, good that's the thing of I have I I I'm, I almost feel bad that I'm the boyfriend recommending the girlfriend's music because I know that that's what that sounds like. It sounds like, oh, is the guy, like, just, but it's like genuinely fantastic. Yeah, She's I, like so talented. I have it's no stake in this. Ball. She's very good. Listen to her music. Yeah. I'll put a link in the description. Yeah. yeah. It's that small Do ball it. of stress you feel when somebody says, uh, do you want to come to my friend's show? And then... <laughs> yeah. And then mm-hmm. somebody else goes, no, no, it's like a good one. It's good. <laughs> Yeah. No, definitely. Or do you want to come to my improv show? You always go like, oh, I are you? <laughs> I want to come to my improv show. Or when someone says, hey, you should listen to the fifth anniversary episode of my podcast. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And there it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, definitely check out Lauren's music. I'll put, a, I'll put a link to a Spotify thing in the description of the episode. I don't know how to talk about Spotify, Amazing. but I do know how to link to it. So... <laughs> Click it. Amazing. Nice. Um, yeah. Thank you both for joining me for this episode. Thank you to the people who sent in uh, messages and words of support for our fifth anniversary. If you want to continue sending in messages, uh, you can do it. You can either email them to us or send us an audio file. Like, I mean, 
text email like i'll just read them uh to upwardpodcast at gmail.com or tell us about your favorite memory on twitter any way that you know how to reach us you can reach us that way uh if you like this episode please like we said earlier consider supporting us either for free by leaving a rating and review and sharing the episode or by supporting us on patreon at patreon.com slash up for discussion and uh yeah you can follow us on the socials at down with talking like our page on facebook uh click all the links in the description of this thing for all the things that we have been plugging uh, i would like to plug my D podcast natural toonie that i do with one of my other co-hosts of this show david hall uh we just finally got a remote setup worked out so we're releasing new content that is uh quarantine content oh amazing yeah and it's it's really nice it was it was really satisfying to get that done actually episode eight that we just put out called mimic at the circus you know like panic at the disco um (laughs) i am really proud of the sound design on that one especially considering i was working with remote files sent in from five different houses so go check it out (laughs) validate my hard work uh, another person. We will. We're gonna go do that. Another uh, batch of people whose hard work we should validate are the Honeythorns. We want to give them a special thanks for letting us use their song "Crack Apart" as our theme music. You can find all their music for sale at thehoneythorns.bandcamp.com. And this show was produced and edited for the 275th plus bonus content time by me, Tom Zalat, and I for the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. Five more years. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys. Five more years. Love you. Five more years. Love you guys. Thanks, Simon. Talk to you guys soon. Have a good one. If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else. Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives, and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts.